Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. That it is, and what a weekend for baseball teams all over the major leagues with new additions and headed toward the postseason down the stretch of the year. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. And, of course, all guests here on Greeny appear via the Goodyear Hotline 15 Minutes. We check in on NBA Free Agency, which begins tonight, of course, at 6 p.m., although it feels like it already started last week since you're already getting a feel for some of the things that have happened but uh, and, and will happen here shortly. But we begin with this weekend in Major League Baseball and the winners and the losers. And I'll tell you what, I felt, I felt awful for Cubs fans everywhere because they lost out on some of their real core pieces, some of their really beloved players over the weekend right before the trade deadline. Anthony Rizzo on the move, Javi Baez on the move, Chris Bryant on the move, and also Craig Kimbrell just across town to help the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox and Cubs had made two trades over the span of about mm, 15 years, something like that. And over the weekend, rather late last week, they made two trades in the span of a week. But do you feel good if you are a Cubs fan and you're seeing other players, uh, your teams, or your players going to other teams and actually helping them, actually making them better? Anthony Rizzo for the Yankees over the weekend, absolutely fantastic. Five for nine to start, a couple of home runs. Yes, this is all in Miami. I understand that. The Marlins, I don't know if you've gotten a memo, or perennially not good. And the Yankees took advantage of that, but Rizzo seemingly gave them a jolt, the likes of which they have desperately needed all season long. And you add that with Joey Gallo, and the moves the Yankees have made, and instantly they appear better, and they appear as if there is just more life to them. You look at Javi Baez in the Mets, who hits a huge home run on Saturday afternoon, and you see him play some terrific defense as well. Mets lost two out of three over the weekend to Cincinnati, but at the same time, Baez, same kind of mentality, really adding some energy. Chris Bryant who if there was ever a more perfect player to get traded to the San Francisco Giants than Chris Bryant, I haven't met him, and he goes out there his first game yesterday, hits a home run. Craig Kimbrell, two perfect innings so far for the White Sox since he has gotten traded. All of these ex-Cubs going over the weekend to these new teams and seemingly making them the winners of the trade deadline, at least most of them, and we'll get to you why it's not. We'll get to why it's not all of them in just a moment. But I mean, the Giants adding somebody like Bryant, the Yankees adding Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo to a team that was so right-handed and desperately needed an infusion of not just a contact hitter like Rizzo, but while they may add Gallo as as a similar type player for them in terms of being a heavy strikeout guy, high on base, high OPS guy, these are all players that have great postseason experience and can be incredible assets for these teams down the stretch of the year. But let's get to some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And 
That begins with the winners and the losers. The Yankees, seemingly you would think, would be winners of this weekend from those moves. And why not? But are they really? We don't know the answer to that yet because they are playing against some bad teams right now. They are playing against the Marlins. They are playing against the Orioles this week. It's, it's basically the equivalent at the trade deadline of a manager throwing over a table when his team's playing poorly, knowing that he's playing a bad team and he's got his ace on the mound. They look a whole lot better than maybe they actually are. Now, did they actually get better enough to really compete toward the postseason? Because they don't have to win the division. They simply have to make the wild card. And they acted as if they had won the wild card over over the last few days before the trade deadline. These moves were made not just to try to catch up and to get home to the playoffs, but to advance in the playoffs but not everybody thinks they did enough as much as it seemed to invigorate them here's jesse rogers espn major league baseball right i don't like the idea of just trying to out slug teams their bullpen's not as good as everyone thought it would be their starting staff isn't as good garrett cole isn't as good maybe go back to the sticky stuff crackdown i think they're trying to just fudge it some way and and, and slide in there maybe by out slugging teams but good pitching shuts down good hitting. I love Rizzo. He won the game last night. Um, I like Gallo as well, but I, I don't think it's enough. And if it is enough, I don't think they're much more than a one-and-done in terms of that wild card. So they're, they're really just kind of rolling the dice on something special happening these last two months. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, there's talent there, but um, I don't know. I don't think there's enough. So are we just giving up on Garrett Cole all of a sudden because he hasn't pitched well? I mean, I get the mentality there that they may not have enough to go win a World Series, and frankly, they don't, but I don't think it's fair to sit there and say they didn't do enough here when you have changed the dynamic of your team offensively. Yes, you are going to have to go out slug teams a lot of times to win games because their bullpen has not been strong enough. Chapman has just come back and started to be the guy that he's supposed to be. Uh, same thing with Zach Britton has been problematic at times, hasn't been strong enough. Their rotation, you could argue, has gotten better as the season has gone along with Jamison Tyon and the like. But I think you're giving up a little too quickly if you're going to say they haven't done enough. Another winner of this deadline, I mean, I don't know how you don't call the Dodgers major winners with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Turner's still out with COVID, but when he comes back, he's already in place to be the replacement for... Corey Seager, if he leaves in free agency. Scherzer gets his debut on Wednesday night. That's a huge win for the Dodgers, and that's a huge loss for the Padres, who are one of the losers in this weekend, because the Padres thought they had a deal done for Scherzer before the Giants, or before the Dodgers, rather, just popped right in and stole that away. And then you couple it with Fernando Tatis injuring his shoulder on Friday night, And they're hoping the next 10 days heal him enough to play the rest of the year. But that's not a given. Jace Tingler said over the weekend that, yeah, season-ending shoulder surgery is very much on the table. And then there's the Mets, who did enough with Javi Baez in terms of their offense, which has gradually improved here. But the Mets knew that Jacob deGrom was going to be down for a while. In case you missed it on Friday, they announced after the deadline, not coincidentally, that Jacob deGrom was going to miss some time, at least until September. 
because he continues to have elbow and shoulder issues, and he had a setback last week. So there is so much on the bone here as far as the winners and losers of this trade of this trade deadline that the Mets appear to be a loser in this deadline, despite the fact that they added a guy who's a great energy guy and will absolutely love playing with one of their leaders in Francisco Lindor. We've got so much more to get into in regards to this at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who won, who lost at this trade deadline? Uh, Speaking of trades and speaking of free agency, yeah, that begins tonight for... Major for the National Basketball Association. NBA free agency begins at 6 p.m. Efficiency, official, officially, excuse me. And we get into it all in just moments with Tim Bontemps. This has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Wake up with Key J and C. On your radio. Good morning, everybody. Your phone. Good morning, Kitty. What's that? Your smart speaker. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or on ESPN2. What if Belichick would have left and Brady would have stayed in New England? New England wasn't going to the Super Bowl. They weren't going to the playoffs because the roster wasn't good. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin. Tomorrow starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. ESPN NBA writer Tim Bontemps is here, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. Tim, appreciate the time. It's going to be a busy few days. And first question, Tim, is just why does it already feel like some things are almost already done before 6 o'clock tonight? Because uh, that's generally how things go. I mean, there's, a, you know, there's, uh, there's sort of informal discussions about how things are going to look when free starts. And then when it does, everything becomes official. So, you know, that's sort of uh, sort of the natural course of things. And, you know, there's, there's a reason why every year at 6 o'clock there's a bunch of deals done, and that'll be the case again today. All right, Tim, let's start with Kawhi Leonard opting out. Um, first of all, what is his situation injury-wise here? It, it seems as if with a partial tear, it's probably a few months. How much time do you expect him to miss next year? And 
is Kawhi somebody that is generally genuinely looking to move elsewhere right now? Uh, I mean, I, I would certainly say that the heavy expectation is he's going to stay with the with the Clippers, but I also think there's a decent chance that he won't play for them next season. I mean, uh, uh, you know, even a partial ACL tear, if you have surgery for that, a lot of times it goes the same length of recovery time as if you actually do tear the ACL completely. So, you know, it, it's hard to know exactly. It's not like Kawhi uh, or the Clippers are very forthcoming with uh, their health situations. As we know, the, the Clippers never really said that Kawhi did this until he had the surgery. Um, but I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he misses a bunch of or all of uh, next season. That would certainly be a disappointment to anybody who's a basketball fan, given how good Kawhi is. But, um, but yeah, with an injury like that and sign him to a max contract, I think it'll be in everyone's best interest to um, have him come back fully healthy whenever he's able to. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, uh, writer joining us right now via the Goodyear hotline. Tim, um, Chris Paul opting out last night. Is the expectation now, especially with Russ Westbrook ending up with the Lakers, that he's going to end up signing long-term in Phoenix? And if so, what does that contract look like? Because we know the max is three for 143, but that's an awfully large number for Chris Paul at this point. Yeah, there was never really any clear path for Chris Paul to get to the Lakers, even if he wanted to. I mean, the Lakers would have had to give up something of real value to get uh, the Suns to trade him in a sign and trade. And I just didn't ever think that was really feasible. So um, to your point, there's really not a landing spot for Chris other than just going back to the Suns. I'm sure that'll get done um, probably, I don't know, maybe somewhere around three for a hundred, something like that. I mean, I don't think it'll be, uh, I don't think it'll be near his max. Um, Cause I think he would have just extended if that was the case, but um, still going to be an awful lot of money for a guy who's, you know, in his, mid to late 30s, but after the year Chris had with the Suns, getting them back into the playoffs and to the finals for the first time in over 25 years, you know, it certainly isn't everybody's interest to have that partnership continue and for him to remain in the Valley for the next couple of years. Tim, what are you looking forward to most here as far as what might be a bit of a surprise from some of the bigger names here right now? I'm not really sure there are going to be a lot of surprises on that front. Chris, I mean, you know, there's only so many guys that are really available this summer in free agency, and I think a lot of them, for the most part, are going to stay put. Um, You know, the guy who really sets the market is Kyle Lowry. Um, You know, the indications are he's going to end up going to Miami. And sort of after that, I think all the dominoes are going to fall into place. Um, I I guess the one guy who I'm maybe most curious about, who's you know sort of a big name, is Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, both he and Dennis Schroeder both are kind of in interesting spots where their current teams don't seem to have much interest because of the luxury tax and retaining them. And so when you look around the marketplace and they're not being a lot of cap space to spend, um, those are two guys both that could be, you know, having to try to hunt around to find a deal that suits them. So, um, you know, on the top level guys, you know, the Chris, you know, Chris Paul's and Kyle Lowry's and Kawhi Leonard's, I mean, I think they're all pretty well set, but, you know, Spencer and, and Dennis are two guys that I, I think will be interesting for um, sort of in-the-weeds basketball fans to look at and see where they um, where they wind up because it isn't exactly clear where their money is going to come from at the moment. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joining us with free agency beginning at 6 p.m. tonight. The really fascinating storyline in this league right now continues to be Ben Simmons what is your expectation? Is Ben Simmons going to be on the 76ers 
when next season starts or not? Uh, at this point, I would say yes, because I don't see a trade materializing that makes a lot of sense for the Sixers to make. Um, they're in a bit of a tough spot because they don't. Daryl Morey has proven over the course of his career as a GM that he is both not willing to have awkward situations on his team and he's not going to trade a guy for the sake of trading a guy if he can't get something near value for him. And Ben Simmons, despite his flaws, is a very talented, very good basketball player. So um, I just think as of now, it's hard to look at the marketplace and see a deal that's going to you know, merit the return that a multi-time 25-year-old all-star with several years under team control would get in return for him. Uh, and so because of that, I think this could very well drag into the season and Ben will have to come back and, and you know, play well for the Sixers to maybe facilitate a trade that way. So I guess now I would say he's back in, uh, in a Philly uniform at the start of next season. Okay, having said that with Maury here, Tim, is there a, there's a difference here between wanting to get something close to value and seemingly asking for too much. And it seems as if he is asking for an awful lot to deal Simmons away. Is it too much, or is are his expectations maybe a little bit out of whack here for what he could get? I mean, I, I think this is all just goes down to negotiation 101, right, where you mm-hmm. just start out really high and, and see if somebody meets your price and then gradually come down from there. So I, I, think that's, I think that's really all that's happening here. But even still, like even if you get down to, you know, some neighborhood where um, – the Sixers might feel good about the offer still. I'm not sure that would be enough to get the job done anyway. So, you know, I, I think that the Ben Simmons situation, I guess, in short, I don't expect to be a short-term fix. I expect this to be a, a long-term, you know, long-term in months. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure he's necessarily going to be there for the le- length of his contract, but I, it's just hard for me to look at that situation and see a quick resolution of any kind, um, you know, unless, like you said, unless Daryl – decides he just has to trade him for any price. But again, I, from my history of watching Darren Moore operate, it's just very hard to see him deciding that's the right, uh, the right path for him and the organization to take. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joining us here on Greeny. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. Uh, you know, it's amazing that we're already talking about this just two years into the league, but Zion Williamson is already uh, in a situation where the Pelicans are trying to prove to him that – this is a good place for him to be long-term. So, Tim, to that end, what can they do this offseason here to prove to Zion that they're willing to do what it takes to get him in a situation to win championships? Well, look, they're under a ton of pressure, Chris, to your point. I mean, he's got uh, the opportunity to sign a max contract extension in a year, and if he doesn't, the alarm bells are going to go off about him needing to get traded. So, um, you know, it's certainly – uh, certainly the pressure is on David Griffin to put a contending team around him as soon as possible. Um, they made a trade to, to move off of a bunch of money and dumping Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe last week uh, and moving back in the draft and doing so uh, to, to help open up a bunch of cap space to try to go after guys today in free agency. And they're going to have to go make some moves uh, to make this team better because, you know, the Western Conference is, is no joke and trying to make the playoffs is not easy. And, you know, I think for Zion to commit there, the Pelicans are going to have to make some meaningful steps forward. So that's going to require some meaningful talent influx, uh, a meaningful talent influx into this roster. And 
like we just said, there's not a ton of guys to spend money on this summer, and a lot of the best players are seemingly accounted for. So it will be extremely interesting to see what the Pelicans do um, and what they look like coming out of these next couple of days because there might not be more pressure on anybody in the league than the Pelicans right now to put to improve their team and get them, you know, ready to contend with Zion Williamson and, and show him that that's a place he should be long-term. Tim, two last ones. Number one is the one that we have to ask anybody involved in the NBA right now about. Dame Lillard, you expect him to be in Portland this coming year? Uh, it's hard to say exactly how that's going to go, but I think what happens over the next couple of days will dictate that a lot. You know, Say if Norm Powell doesn't come back to Portland and leaves in free agency, I think that would be a pretty huge hit to Portland's chances of trying to keep Dame satisfied in the short term. Um, but overall, Dane's been very consistent. He wants to see the team improved uh, in free agency. He's basically said, let's wait and see what the Blazers do, and then I'll make my decision. And, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. If they come out of free agency with a, you know, either the same team or worse, I don't think Dane's going to be very happy. So I'm very curious to see um, what happens with them. The only, they, they might be the only team that feels more pressure right now than New Orleans, given – uh, some of the things that Dame has said and the situation they find themselves in. Finally, Tim, what are realist, realistic expectations here for the next few days for Knicks fans? Um, I mean, I think the Knicks are going to make some moves to get better. Um, you know, we'll see exactly how things shake out on that front. Uh, but they have a bunch of money to spend. And, you know, I do think they're going to, unlike last summer, make a couple of moves to try to improve the roster. I think there's a decent chance Derrick Rose will be back. Um, I think there's a decent chance to get something done with Mitchell Robinson to keep in there. Um, they'll probably look to add some scoring. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to just completely sit on the sidelines. I expect them to do some stuff. But at the same time, the Knicks also have a bunch of cap space the next couple of years, and I think they're going to still have themselves positioned to go after a star for agent or two when they come available. So, um, you know, with the Knicks coming off their first playoff appearance in a while and with some positive momentum over, under Tom Thibodeau, I expect them to try to continue that and, you know, try to have this team positioned to, you know, maybe take another step in the playoffs after they saw in that first-round series with Atlanta that they just weren't good enough with their current group to make a real run. Tim, appreciate the insight, man. I'm sure the phone will be buzzing quite a bit the next few days. Thanks again. No problem, Chris. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. And got to tell you about our friends from ZipRecruiter. What if you could put the same type of rigor that the pro leagues use for players into your hiring process? Well, you can when you use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. And you can invite your top choices to apply for your job. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, 888-729-3776. And, you know, if you are a Knicks fan and you're listening to what Tim has to tell you and you're reading so much this morning that indicates that so many other deals are already done that Kyle Lowry to the Heat 
is a foregone conclusion at this point in a sign and trade that some of these other big time players are not going to be available on the market. Not that it was a tremendously great market on the high end of talent to begin with. You have to keep your expectations in check as to how this team's going to get better in the short term. This is not a Dame Lillard situation for the New York Knicks. It doesn't make sense for him to go to a place where they are still building unless he can get another superstar to try to join him there. And it seems highly unlikely at this point that you could put a Dame Lillard, Kawhi Leonard situation together at Madison Square Garden. And even if you did, as you heard, Tim, you're likely waiting a long time for Kawhi Leonard to take the floor. Chris Paul is not coming to the Knicks. Maybe they were able to blow him away with a full max three-year 123 that they can offer him, but that's not happening. Nor for them does it make great sense right now either. Chris Paul goes anywhere, and we have seen him instantly make teams better and really start to elevate them, but why would he leave a great situation in Phoenix. It makes absolutely no sense. For $20 million more at this point, does that matter enough for Chris Paul? Can he get the Suns to actually believe that he might leave for that extra money? Maybe. But this is the point. For the Knicks right now, it's about nothing more than keeping the positive momentum of Madison Square Garden being a good place to be for an NBA player, keeping that good buzz that you have generated around the league going forward. So while it may not be about getting the great player right now and leaving some salary cap room in place for the future, it also is just about making sure that they don't fall back into the abyss. I think we all know what last season was for the Knicks. It was a team that played exceptionally hard for Tom Thibodeau during the year. Harder than other teams during the regular season. And it paid dividends to find them into the fourth spot in the East. But once they got to the postseason, everybody was able to elevate to that level And they didn't have another gear to kick it into. And as a result, they're out in five against the Hawks relatively quickly. So if you're just trying to figure out what's going to make them a better basketball team in the short term, think about things like DeMar DeRozan. Maybe DeMar DeRozan if you were to overpay a guy like that on a shorter-term deal, where that would make more sense. Spencer Dinwiddie would help the Knicks immensely. He would be a great piece as a point guard headed into the future to get them better. And coming over from Brooklyn, I think that would go an awfully long way. Brooklyn can offer him five years and $125 million, but they're not doing that with the big three already in place. So Dinwiddie's a a guy that would make great, great sense for the Knicks. Maybe it's Lonzo Ball, a restricted free agent, and if they were to overpay him, 
he would be worth it. And here's why. Look at Lonzo Ball's career. Every single season, he has improved in virtually every way. That's the guy on the upswing that you get excited about. That somebody that is trying to get to that next level and you're seeing results from it, and he's still very, very young at 22, 23 years old. Boy, you look at some of those possibilities, and they work brilliantly for the Knicks. Absolutely brilliantly. Now, some things have been low on our to-do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me with a wife, you need to protect them, your wife. You need to protect your family. You need SelectQuote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. It says, I have kids as well. It was meant for Greeny. I don't have kids. I've never been interested in responsibility, but that's just me. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, 888-729-3776 on NBA Free Agency on what your hopes and dreams are and how quickly they're going to get shot down tonight. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Jacob deGrom out for an even longer period of time. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Are you happy with what your team did over the weekend right before the trade deadline and how it played out and your expectations for NBA free agency tonight? Can a Knicks fan actually expect a big player to fall into their laps? 888-729-3776. Seven six. The news with Jacob DeGrom was not good on Friday. The Mets did not announce until after the trade deadline had passed that Jacob DeGrom was not going to be back until at least September and was getting shut down for at least another couple of weeks. Now, obviously, they had to know that a few days in advance and just didn't want to make it public so they wouldn't get fleeced by another team in 
trying to make a deal for a starting pitcher. The problem is they didn't make a deal for a starting pitcher. So there wasn't even the chance to get fleeced. Or they didn't like the way it was playing out to potentially get somebody else. But there are just times where you have to accept overpaying is the right thing to do. It's just amazing to me that more teams are so protective of players that have never been in the big leagues before, are three or four years away, and are more worried about what they project to be. For the number of superstars that have come through and become what they, uh, that have come through systems, hyped and expected to be brilliant, there are two to three times as many that have come through the system and have never panned out. Never panned out. And so, you don't make a trade knowing you're not going to have Jacob deGrom until September at least. And I have to tell you, when you listen to what Buster Olney said on this show a week ago, you can't feel particularly good that you're going to have him, frankly, anytime the rest of the year. Well, I mean, here's the reality with his situation. He's broken down repeatedly. Uh, you know, there is the question in baseball, can someone throw as hard as they can every single pitch and stand up? Mm. And I don't know exactly what's going on with uh, his elbow and with repeated arm injuries, but I do know this. I've had Dr. James Andrews and others tell me that if you have Tommy John surgery, generally speaking, the window that you have before you might require another is about seven years. Think of it like tread on a tire. Mm -hmm. Jacob deGrom's first Tommy John surgery happened in 2010. We're 11 years past that. And so we're seeing repeated elbow issues, and it does make you wonder about what's going on. Wow. And it is something really that you have to consider, and I think you almost have to count on the fact that you're not going to have him for the rest of the season. Think about all the times in the first half when he left starts. He had a short IL stint at the beginning of the year. Then he had two more starts where he left for different physical reasons. The flexor in his forearm, his shoulder, and some soreness. And he didn't miss a start. The Mets put him in the MRI machine, and nothing came back. It was all clean. Which makes me think one of two things. You, A, weren't careful with him enough, even though the machine didn't show very much or the imaging didn't show very much. Or B, your MRI machine is the equivalent of a photo booth at a bar mitzvah. I mean, honestly, you have to have a clue at that point. So DeGrom is gone until September, right? Okay. Mind you, only the best pitcher in baseball who has thrown 200 pitches this season over 100 miles an hour. But don't ever think that his body's trying to tell him something. No. Okay. Then, you have to realize what's going on with Taiwan Walker. The guy who made the All-Star game because DeGrom bowed out and had been absolutely fantastic. One of the really good stories in baseball this season has not been good since the break. Why do you think that is? He is at 99 and a third innings this season. Over the course of the last four years leading up to this year, four years combined, 
He had thrown 74 innings in four seasons combined. And now he's at 99 this year, and you expect him to be able to anchor the staff the rest of the way? That's just not realistic. And there hasn't been a word spoken about that. So now you have two problems. If you are going to honestly believe that Walker doesn't need rest and isn't going to be nearly as good in the second half as he was in the first half, you're just naive to the situation. i tell you what. Other than actually making the Javi Baez trade and the injuries that they've had this season, which I understand have been problematic, Sandy Alderson overall is not having a great time right now. When you look at everything that happened with his GM getting fired because of previous sexual harassment allegations to all of the allegations that happened inside the organization to Mickey Calloway, to Sandy initially hiring him. And then you go into some of the baseball issues and how some things have been handled this season. You look at the division. The Mets are in first place because this division has stunk to high heaven. The Phillies were so desperate that they traded away their top pitching prospect, who granted in the big leagues hadn't been great so far, to get Ian Kennedy as a closer and to get Kyle Gibson, who is having an amazing season for him. But it feels like any minute the clock's going to strike midnight. And now they're taking two pitchers out of the bullpen and trying to stretch them into starters. The Braves seemingly just cannot get out of their own way. All around, they just don't seem to be able to understand that because of these teams' other problems, that maybe the Mets are just the best of a bad lot. The Baez trade was terrific. And this isn't being negative toward it, but just remember, they're going to have to outslug teams too. This pitching is a problem. And the fact that it wasn't addressed before the deadline because they were afraid of overpaying tells you everything you need to know. The Dodgers heard the Padres were going to land Max Scherzer, and what did they do? Here are our two top prospects. Yeah, it's about wanting to win when the opportunity strikes. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.